Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. All right, this is episode 138 of our Gangster Prayer mini-series featuring Autumn Miles' book. Gangster Prayer, obviously, just said that. <laughs> but we are in the best part of our mini-series, which we can interview people because you don't just hear us talking all day. I mean, even our most loyal fans need a break. (laughs) (laughs) But we get to interview people that are living out the principles of the book. And so I am very excited about today's episode. Yes. So today we have on Joey Hensley. He is a worship leader at Sea Life and he crushes it every Sunday. So it was cool to see you, Joey, on the stage. And then you said yes. And we were just like, yay! (laughs) I love when they say yes. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am a husband. I've been married for almost fourteen years now. Yeah, oh, that feels crazy. Uh, fourteen years. We have a. My wife is Sabra. Uh, she's a speech pathologist, um, and we have a daughter that just turned nine this December. And uh, and yeah, that's personal life. I have been playing music and in some form leading worship with that since I was probably, I don't know, 14 or so and kind of traveled and did that for a while before I settled down at a church in like my mid twenties. And I've uh, been at a couple different churches and I've got to be here at Sea Life for, oh, five and a half years now. And it has been awesome. Nice. So you obviously had your 10,000 hours met. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really cool that you've seen different things and now you're at our church, which we are so thankful for. And I think one of my favorite things about what you do is just the truths you speak. And we'll get into this in a little bit, but that's my favorite thing about what you do on stage is like, I know that whatever Joey says, it's going to be biblically based and it's not going to be some like random tangent, but it's going to be about what we're singing about and about how it applies to you and about who God is. So anytime you talk, I'm like, yes, hit me with the quick truths because that's what I do. <laughs> So you're a little You're applying too much pressure now. Sorry, I'm going to keep my mouth closed. There's too much pressure. <laughs> Just don't go to the Forney campus a couple times and then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I do have an off script question for you. It should have been. Uh-huh. Um, no, I just like sometimes these come to me in the interview, but a lot of people um, are like pursuing a passion or pursuing a goal And maybe it's not happening on their timeline and they start questioning, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? So I'm just curious a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Were you always, was the goal always to be a worship leader at a church? Did it start off as a passion for music and kind of evolve or take a sharp turn? Can you just kind of tell us a little bit about your first interest and how you kind of got to where you are today? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to talk about, actually. Um, I just... I guess the precursor to that is because 
you know, having a kid and walking through what that is like, one of the biggest things I want to impart is you are creative with passions and talents. And I want to, you know, let her know that her life's goal is to go live that out now, you know, and give her all the tools she needs and settling for less than that passion is just not a way to live life to me. But that being said, you know, I did, I grew up in a music family. That's what my dad did. He traveled and sang forever. So that was kind of just in my blood and who I was. But then I, you know, I'd spent, I'd played music, but I'd spent the early part of my adult life almost running from surrendering to being a worship leader for my whole life because I went to a Christian college and everyone that, you know, that was the new scene of, you know, contemporary music really taken off and everyone that could play a guitar was a worship leader by default. And there was just something in my spirit that was real hesitant to be that person that just did it because I could, you know? And so I kind of just played in bands and didn't sing or anything and traveled and I was going to coach. That's what I love to do. I love sports and we're just going to kind of do that on the side and serve the church in that way. And then at one point, me, me and my wife, we've been married just a couple of years and a position had kind of opened up and the church was asking me to step into it and lead for a new service they were having. And I'd run from it from so long, but there were so many people asking and I just felt like, okay, let's step in and do this. And it was just kind of a part-time thing. And then what really just dialed me into surrendering my life to it was once I got in and realized worship leading wasn't just about singing songs and it was the people and the stories and engaging with God. And, and then it was like, I innately had that ability that I think that some people have to work to, to connect through music some, and to be able to teach and to show uh, people what that was like and just walk with them, man, that just became my life's passion and I've loved it. And then to answer the second part of your question, I know I said I wasn't going to talk long, but you, you ding-dinged me on the thing I'm passionate about. <laughs> so I was doing that. I was doing that part-time and I was still, I was working at a school and I was just very confused about, man, God, where, what's the full-time thing for this or even coaching and teaching? When is something taking off? I don't, I feel like I'm gifted in both of these things, but I, was just sitting in this awkward zone for so long. And uh, I went to a conference. At one point, the, one of the pastors was up there talking about the story of David and talking about how he was, he was told in his life, he was given a vision earlier with his gifting of what his eventual platform would be. But he didn't chase after that platform. He allowed God's timing to take care of that. And the whole time, while all those things were happening, every time we check in with David, Every time we check in with him, he was away feeding the sheep. He was being a shepherd over and over. And he just was loyal to what God had called him to at that point, even though he had a bigger calling on his life. And then eventually in God's timing, he was up on that platform and God presented it that way. So that was kind of where I sat for a long time was just really honing in on be obedient with what God has called you to right now while you're still honing and praying through what the giftings that God has put on you. And when the time is right, he will elevate your platform to that position. Well, that concludes the episode. I think you answered everything we need to the shortest episode ever. Well, I'm sure our listeners may be putting this together, but just in case they're multitasking, what I hear you saying is you have this passion for coaching, 
were, it sounds like you were pretty good at coaching and teaching, but you also have this musical talent, but I'm guessing in your current role, you still get to coach and teach and use those skills as well. Just a different capacity. Yes. So way different. Yeah. Way different version of that. And even, I mean, even with what we do now, you know, working in the church doesn't, it's not like career satisfaction, you know, type of thing. You're being a driven person and with ambition, if that's an okay word, um, Mm -hmm you know, you're always wanting, you're always wanting to move, you're always wanting to do this. And it's just being satisfied in God and what he's given you and being obedient to it. in that moment, you know, i still want to keep growing and still keep moving in what I'm doing here. But I'm called to coach and teach and be obedient in those things and be a shepherd. And as you do those, then the rest of the things start to work out. That's great. One more question. Do you think, because I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm gleaning a lot here. Do you think that you would be as good at your leadership role as you are now had you skipped the teaching and coaching experience and just stayed on the worship side of things? I don't want to jump and say yes, that that helped me be a better leader now. I think that I had to learn. I think the bigger thing I take away was learning the disappointments and learning the waiting and learning not to chase what I thought I wanted. And I think if I would have just been told no to those things when I was 21 instead of 26, 27, then I still would have always been thinking, yeah, but this is what I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it needed that maturation and that process to work through that. It wasn't like I was just leaving something behind. It was, no, I worked through this and this is not my passion and where I'm at. But yeah, I probably learned how to lead a little bit better while coaching. That's why I had to ask. That's why I was like, ask. That's really you're, good. You're wrong. Yeah. And you, and you had, good job. yes, you have the guts to say, say that. And I think a lot of people need to hear that. We were mm-hmm. just talking about active waiting and how you're sometimes you're just like, I know this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, but I know that this other opportunity, it has not presented itself yet. So over here, I'm going to still do the best to my ability, still keep my eyes on Jesus and whatever I learn, I'll take with me and whatever I don't learn, I'm leaving. So yeah, absolutely. And I mean, those are filled, those times are filled with a lot of tears and a lot of confusion and a lot of, man, I'm not, I'm not who I'm supposed to be even at home with my wife and all of these things, because I wasn't, I wasn't passionate and I wasn't fulfilled and I wasn't going after something hard, you know? And I guess one way to look at the act of waiting is what can I be learning from this? But for me, it was more so what what I learned in the end was that I got nothing in that. Like, like that wasn't satisfying, I guess. It's not that I was honing skills. Maybe I should have been. But <laughs> it was more so that God was just like, no, that's not it. And it took a long time for me to, to move on from that. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that vulnerability because I think when some people get up and share that they had to go through waiting or those same kind of time periods, it the people in the audience was like, might feel like, oh, well, that was easy for them. But for me, I just really struggle with it. So yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, what you're saying, I I know I have felt a lot of so that I'm glad you said it. So I'm not alone. Yes, that's not (laughs) us. Okay, so this episode is about so this whole series has been about prayer. But we're going to talk about the connection between worship music so some people just say worship, but then there's lots of kinds of worship. Like I worship through like acts of service or whatever, but we're specifically talking about music and song and singing to God. So that's what we're, when we say worship on this particular episode, that's what we need mean. 
So um, what would you say, like, since just kind of recap it for people who aren't quite sure, what would you say worship through song and music is and why is that even important? Um, not to confuse everyone, but I think to probably answer that is, you know, just the general definition of worship, I guess through my eyes is just is responding to who God is and what he's done. And so I think that, you know, we do that through, like you said, through the things we say, through the things we do. So I think taking that same definition, it, it applies to the same thing with singing is we're using song, we're using music, we're using lyric, we're using prayer to respond to who God is and what he's done in our lives. Right. So how do prayer and worship through song? So if we're talking to God, but then what's, how is it say the same or different as opposed to singing to God, or even just like if me and you were singing the same song, I mean, how does that all kind of work? So what are the, I guess, similarities or differences? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it's the same. I guess I think, I think prayer and singing and worship start a lot from the same foundational thing. Like if I'm, if I'm going to surrender to pray to something, I'm going to pray to something. I'm only going to do that if I think that that something has some power or I think that that something is beyond me. Like I'm not going to pray to this wall if I don't think that it can do anything in, in return to that or if it's not worthy of something. So I think the, you know, at the baseline, the second I open my mouth or my brain and a prayer starts to come out, it's immediately the foundation of, man, God is bigger than me. He's beyond me in some way. And even if I don't believe it with my full heart, there's still some portion of me that, that is surrendering to, I think this thing is listening and it has the power to love and respond and do something about it. So I think that worship starts at that same foundational level. I'm not going to, if I'm actually worshiping with my singing, I'm not going to sing, I surrender all to something that I don't feel was maybe worthy of that, you know, or I'm not going to sing promises, you know, all my hope and my foundation is built upon you. If I don't feel like that, that thing is maybe some somewhere worthy of that. So all that to say, I think prayer and worship really start at that same foundational level. And I mean, I think they're a lot the same, but I think what you get with music and singing that you don't like prayer is I think that God has built us um, to respond to art in some way, rather that's, you know, I think we all respond to music whether we want to admit it or not. I think some of us are a little cool sometimes for it, but I think we all have a movie where we respond to a scene. We all have a lyric and a song. We all have a picture. We all have a book. We all have a quote. There's something about art, the way that we've been created that brings us to a raw place and an emotional place. And I think that with worship, we get to put theology in over those raw emotional areas. So that may be, you know, one of the big differences between just praying and then adding music and lyrics and all of these things to it is I think it gets us to this raw emotional place to where we get to apply theology to it. So will you speak a little more into that where you, because theology might be a big word for some where we don't use that a lot. I know I don't use that 10 times a day. Um, how is that growing our relationship with God? So how does just either going to church and singing or putting on your AirPods and listening to worship music, how is that growing your relationship with God? 
Yeah, I think that I think that one of the biggest things we get from good song, good worship songs, is is learning about the true character of God. Um, when you hear those things, you know, singing or prayer, if you're praying through scriptures especially, is a very focused in thing on on who God is. So if we're like I said, singing promises or something like that earlier, or songs are written to be towards one theme. And we're going to be over and over singing the same theme, the same line, the same thing over and over. And what that's doing is it's reminding us about the characteristics of God. Uh, oftentimes I use with my worship teams, especially new peoples, we're describing who we are and why we do what we do. There's a Psalm in, uh, I think it's Psalm 73 where the psalmist is talking about, man, I'm, I go through my week, I go through my world, and I see all these people, and I begin to get jealous of all the good things that they have, and my heart begins to chase all of these things, and I know that they don't love God, and that begins, you know, it starts things in your brain. So we all go through our week, and we get pulled with time this way. We start to crave this thing. All these things happen, and he's just going on and on. God, how do I, how do I even try to love you? How do I even try to want you more than all of this? And then in the middle of the psalm, it says, but then I entered the sanctuary and everything changed. Then I was reminded that you are the only good, that you are the only eternal, that you're the only thing uh, worthy of my praise. So I think that that's a long way to answer. I think that that singing connects us with God in that way that we are reminded because the world pulls us from everything else. We need inputs, 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 inputs. And music is a great way to do that. Yeah, the quantum Zeno effect. <laughs> I like it. We do use that word we do. 10 times a day. Hardest <laughs> word we know. We'll work on theology. Um, so I like what you were saying because, you know, we're big advocates for getting into scripture every day and making prayer a habit. And so just hearing you talk, it's like some people, their favorite part of going to church is the worship part of the service. Shout out to y'all. But it's like you can still recreate those moments. You know, it might not be Joey that you're listening to. Could you just like sing for us for a while? And then we'll just (laughs) just hit repeat. So many episode downloads. See Um, that album coming soon, right? But uh, (laughs) <laughs> I like that one. I'm waiting I for it. Hint. I'm waiting for it. Um, but yeah, I think that's just a good reminder to our audience. Uh, we always talk about find habits that are going to work with you. If you can't get up and work out at five in the morning, like don't give up on working out. Find something that's awful. Find something that's going to work for you. So again, if you're having trouble getting into scripture or making for a habit, but man, you listen to music every day in your car. Um, use those opportunities to listen to worship music i like how you brought up i how you said good worship music i remember there's some there's some songs that i go back and listen to i'm like i can't find that in the bible what (laughs) so that's one thing that i like about you guys is that y'all always find a way to tie you the songs that you actually sing it's all biblically based it's not like oh i can't find this in the bible somewhere oh i have a curiosity question what process do you guys go through oh, yeah. in choosing songs, either in general, like if they can be on our list or not, and then like for each week, do you know what the, the sermon's sermon? about? Yeah. Yes. Like, how do you yeah. So, I mean, we have a team of people that kind of, you know, anytime records are coming out or songs are coming out, we're always, you know, have a group of people where we're all listening to the same stuff, checking it, 
seeing what we like. So we've got like a big pull to kind of pull from as far as introducing new songs. And that's going through, obviously, first listen is just, do we even like the song musically and <laughs> the way it sounds? And then you get into, you know, the, is this stuff correct? Are we comfortable singing this? And then you have another decision of where does this sit in the season for our people and where we are as a church? Is this something we've been preaching about? Is this something where we know the people in our CGs and the people we talk to in the lobbies and that are on our prayer request list? Is this something that is, they need to be singing to God right now, you know? So we have a bunch of those different things that come from our big pool of songs that we want to introduce. And then um, one of my roles here is kind of being a director of Sunday services. So I know all the sermons that are coming and I get sent all of those and we're planning out what graphics are looking like and then what songs are going to fall into that type of stuff. And are we doing a song after the sermon that goes well and all of that type of stuff. So I'm hearing a couple things too. So what I want is that you have a team you have curated teams, so you're not just like, hey, Susan, did you like um, what you heard on KLT the other day? <laughs> you have a specific team that you have put together or someone has put together where each of you have got like, not necessarily maybe different perspectives, but y'all are all hearing it at different stages in y'all's life. And then you're filtering through it. And I like your three-step method. Like it's got to pass this first, if not by, then it's got to pass this. If not, that's not going to fit for what we're doing. And then it's got to fit this. And then I like how you're actually listening to the audience when they're responding to you guys. A lot of times, not a lot of what, not naming any names, but some people will say, can, can I pray for you for something? And then they don't really do it. Or I I think y'all have been really good. See life has about stopping right then and praying or you will actually go through every request and y'all respond back and you listen. So I like how y'all go through all of that. And then I also like how you tied in specific skill sets and passions. So you've been talking about just the artistic side of it. So you have someone who is creating the graphics, making everything just visually look good. And we lay people might not be, might not know like what they're looking at, but they can, something is, visually appealing to them like I there's been times where the font there people are some people have been crazy with the font I'm like I can't read that from like 20 feet back what are we doing so y'all do a really good job of just making it look pretty so even if someone's there and they're like I don't even want to be here they can at least look at the pretty graphics and then your brain's gonna read the word and maybe somehow say. it's gonna go in your brain you're tricking people into reading <laughs> yeah. even if it's not good art it is still art and like I said earlier I think art does things whether you know it or not and creating an environment that that gets you there I think that's not something to shy away from at all and I would say as far as songs go the team is vitally important a there are several songs we sing that I don't really like a ton but we have a team and we decide this is really good for our people and if people are singing this and worshiping you know if they're worshiping God through these lyrics it can't just be Joey doesn't like the way that song sounds, yeah. you know, like we've got to have a bigger mind frame than that. And I mean, it's got to be a team also, because if I was just picking songs by myself, we would very much lean one style and, you know, it wouldn't hit everybody that's there. Church has got a lot of people in it that like a lot of different things. Yeah, that's good that y'all are doing that. I, I appreciate checks and balances, so I'm all here for it. 
I have learned to appreciate checks and balances. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like it if it goes my way. I think yeah. <laughs> so I love music. Um, if you're a listener on the podcast, y'all know that like I can't listen to secular music because then it'll like, get in my brain forever. And then all of a sudden I'm singing like a thing that is not good. So I have had to like cut that out of my life pretty much, whatever it is what it is. But I love watching the worship team. So I'm not the songbird of the century, even though we do frequently sing on the podcast randomly. Uh, why are you but, pointing at me? Because I like to sing on the podcast. But I love watching the people on the stage, like, play their hearts out. Or we've got one drummer, he's my favorite to watch. Like, he is headbanging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I could just mm-hmm. watch him play drums all day. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's doing this for Jesus. It looks so awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see people pursuing their passion, being in their element, and then just, it's, it's really neat to watch them worship God too. Their passion radiates. Yeah. And I find myself all of a sudden passionate. <laughs> Aaron, you can play the drums. Get up there. Just the air drums. Some people are air guitarists. I'll be the air drumist. So I guess uh, you can ask your final question in a second, but how would you, what would you say to the person who does not like to sing to God or if they're embarrassed or I know some people will walk in and be like why are people's hands up or why are people just I mean or why are people not moving at all like there are some people who will just stand there but you don't know what's going on in here but some people who are like all out dancing what would you say to the person who's like what did I just walk into um I would I guess I would just leave anyone that either a goes to church and doesn't necessarily get that or someone that's just brand new and is like, what the heck is this? (laughs) I would, I mean, the thing I would leave you with is just give it a, give it a chance, uh, participate, engage in some way with God. And that doesn't need to look like anyone else's way at all. But, uh, I, I totally get and that a lot of the people that even sit out there and watch me would want to be the complete opposite of me. Like, who's that guy with long hair and weird clothes scream singing at me constantly? I don't want any part of that. And that's totally that's totally correct and okay. But don't let that or your I don't think I like music let you dis- disengage from God because worship there is something that is so different from just hearing the sermon there's something so different than even just reading your bible and i'm not diminishing those if we just had the bible that would be all we would ever need but there is something about hearing the word of god preached to you or reading it that is intellect that that sits in your mind And then there is something about worshiping and singing together that moves it from your mind to your soul. And we are called to worship with our heart and our mind and soul with everything that we have. We're not meant to hold back in that way. So I would encourage you, don't settle for I come to church to hear the sermon or don't just settle for I'm uncomfortable singing. Um, You're missing out on this more 3D experience of God. You've got to get it into your soul so that you, there's actually a scripture in Ephesians that tells us that, that as people are singing uh, hymns over each one, or they're singing hymns over each other, that, that they are literally filled with the spirit. And it's not a one-time thing. It's a continuous thing. 
and it's, you know, kind of like working out, you know, I can work out and get shredded when I'm in my early twenties and then I don't work out anymore and I lose all that muscle. I'm the same body that was able to do that then, but I don't have it now. So what worship does, what experiencing God does is it is continually filling us up so that we can go out and live those things. And if we're not experiencing God in that way and we're not being filled with the spirit, then we still have the power of the spirit, but we don't have the power to go and live that out. We need to be filled up and that's, that's what worship does. So I would encourage you, find a way to engage. Whether that is, you know, I told you a good song has a theme. Whether that's just seeing the theme of that song and closing your eyes and thinking God over and over, you are a God full of promises. You've never failed me. I remember, I remember at my lowest point, I remember when my mom died. I remember when we didn't have money. You didn't fail me and I'm here now. You know, if it's that just prayer over and over and over as worship's going and let that grow. If it's, man, I kind of liked that song, but I'm not ready to sing it. Go home and Google the lyrics and look it up through scripture. Find something that connects to you that way. You know, I just don't use any of your, what you perceive are innate giftings or ability to disengage from worshiping God corporately. We're instructed to do it from the Bible because it fills us up and we get to experience something from here down to in here. So find a way that you can do that. I love it. Um, so this question I actually had from the get go, but I was going to see if it lended itself well. So I am just like thanking God for all these inspirational questions. <laughs> uh, but so you were just talking about how worship can kind of change you, you know, it gets in your head and singing out gets into your soul. I know on stage, like it's super bright with all those lights, but <laughs> do you have any experiences where you've actually witnessed like seeing a change in somebody over the course of worship or through a song? Um, I hope you never make eye contact with me because there's many times <laughs> that I'm looking up and doing this, trying to like the people holding still might be like, don't cry, don't cry, yeah, don't yeah. cry. But can you just kind of describe maybe if there's one instance in particular or it took 12 weeks and that guy in the front row finally started raising his right hand just a little. <laughs> just if you have any stories or examples of where you witness worship in one instance or over time really kind of transform yeah. spirit or help them through emotions or what have you. Yeah, I would say kind of twofold on that. I'm trying to think. I don't know that I have a dialed in memory of like one person progressing through a time but I have very dialed in memories of a room progressing through times. And uh, just as that, that is one of the most powerful things, you know, worship, worship, we are instructed in the Bible is to God, which we kind of get that, but it, we are also instructed to sing over one another. And that's one of the powerful things about corporate worship. So I, I've known several times where the, you know, you get to know everybody that's there and their stories and things that are going on. And sometimes you're not at a place to where you feel like you can worship. You're at a really tough part in your life. And maybe you even have doubts or maybe you're just mentally, I know this of God, but my heart doesn't believe it right now. But then when there's 20 people that you know that have been through stuff and you, this is why we do church together. When people that have been through the same things you're going through or harder things or have just been through life and you know their story and you look over and you see them with their hands lifted up in the air and they're worshiping even though they've been through all of that, that moves your soul then to say, oh no, he is good. 
oh no, he is all of those things. And I'm going to choose to stand and worship, even though my heart doesn't even feel that right now. And I've been on stage several times where you will see people disengaged and I know their stories and I know where they're at. And as we're in our third, fourth song and people are just pouring out their hearts, you just see them looking around and then they just start to get up and they just start to worship because they know the lives and the stories that are around them. And it's, it's moving it from here to here to see people do that. Love that. So in this mini series, we've talked about interceding on one another with prayer. I didn't even think about it worship style, which is really cool. And again, back to the village, that community that you're plugged into and you just keep showing up. And we talk about how um, sometimes feelings are liars <laughs> and you yep. just have to just do it anyway. Like if you know you are called to do this thing or we're going to sit here and listen to this song and we're going to sing this song and I'm just going to do it. And you, again, your emotions will eventually catch up because you're doing the thing God wants you to do. Yeah, so absolutely. We choose worship. We choose it. That's right. So at the end of every interview, I always give the person we're interviewing a chance to have kind of the last word. So is there anything that you um, find yourself really kind of thinking about, maybe a thought that we didn't set you up for to share or closing thoughts based on everything we've talked about that you want to leave our audience with? And you have think time because that's a big one. <laughs> um. I think we covered most of it. I mean, my biggest thing would just be don't, don't let what you think is your dislike for maybe singing or music keep you from experiencing God in a new way. Um, it's, there's lots of ways to worship corporately. So I'm not just talking about singing, but standing with your arms folded and not, not trying to participate and engage in some way is is you are missing out on experiencing part of God. It's just we see it all throughout the Bible where we are instructed to sing the whole entire Old Testament. Every time a chain is broken, a sea is parted, people are singing. Paul's in prison, chains break, he is singing. We see Jesus singing. We are instructed to sing. We are instructed to worship. Um, because we experience God in a different way. And I just want to invite everyone, whether you're hesitant, maybe it feels weird. Um, maybe you're not comfortable with your voice. Maybe it's just, I want no part of looking like that weird guy on stage. I just want you to dig into closing your eyes and opening up your heart to God and giving it to him because it's a different type of experience than just sitting and reading or just hearing the word. Yeah. And you know, the Bible says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say make a pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay if you're a bad singer. It just says joyful. So there you go. And you know what? Yeah. Really loud. I can barely hear myself. Yeah. So I mean, that's to cover you. Yeah, yeah. No one can hear you. <laughs> Ask everyone in your church music leaders to raise the volume up so that way no one can hear anyone in the crowd. <laughs> you heard it here first. They said, turn it up louder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Joey. This was amazing. I loved this point of view. Yes, I loved all your insight and thanks for being open to the off-the-wall questions. <laughs> Absolutely. We help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission 
by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes. 